Pokémon. today really and that they, they've been working on the vegan flavors for four and a half years so they're good like people are Whoa. going crazy which ones it. are they what like flavor is it i think they're like both chocolatey flavors i think like one's like a salted Caramel? nut chocolate makes sense thing. and then nut. another one is some other chocolatey one but people they're are like going made like with the best cum made with nut milk oh. <laughs> but yeah so i'm pretty excited to try it because i really want to try it but then again we're going to california like the celestial kingdom of a vegan. A vegan. Vegan. Oh, Simone, are you happy girl? Oh, she looks so cute. I know. So cute over there. Adorable. Okay. Yeah, let's go. I definitely am feeling the caffeine. Yes. Okay. We're in maximum overdrive, guys. Maximum, maximum overdrive. overdrive. Maximum overdrive at 1134 okay. <laughs> on a Thursday night. We're perky. We're here. We're acting like we've been waiting all day to do this. Oh, yeah. Can you not hear been. the excitement? Should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey. Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your slutty hosts. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. And we have little Simone Bones with us today. She's dead asleep in a sheet blanket fort. If nook. I could trade places with her right now, I would. Exactly. We're a little <laughs> tired, but it's because it's been a hell of a work week. It's every been time, a hell of work weeks. Every time we like we do this and we're a little tired, so we just like take caffeine pills, I'm like, what if we just did this high? I think it'd be really fun. That would be. We should do a, an episode where we get super stoned. We and should try do, to do it, it and then try and do this. Yes, we should. <laughs> sh- we should do it every year on 420. We should. Oh my god! Okay, episode. every April we're doing it. Is it already past it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's July. It's August. <laughs> it's <first>. August. <laughs> okay. Fuck. So on 420, <laughs> the episode closest to 420 is like our Easter episode. We should always be super stoned. Oh for my it. god, that'd be so fun. Oh my god. We're like praise Jesus, he rose. We're gonna be just <laughs> laughing disasters, and then you're gonna hear just chips and like. My in the mm-hmm. background and mm-hmm. we're gonna be trying to we're gonna be all quiet trying to eat chips but we're on a fucking and i'll microphone. like try and find like, the most trippy supernatural topic i can and so i won't follow it at all because no. i'll be so stoked you find like most convoluted like <laughs> shit you could find like the most complicated like yeah. w- like the most like it an should... unsolved mystery yeah it could be like a <laughs> podcast in itself yeah. so you're like, <laughs> like so <a> atlantis <laughs> <laughs> I'm like shit. I'm like, let's solve it this just, like, unknown mystery. Both of our stories devolve into like 9/11. Oh right, <laughs> and then somehow Mormonism and sex gets involved because yeah. that's naturally a segue. Yeah. Okay, well let's do this. Let's jump into my faggoties. Your faggoties. Okay, before I get into my faggoties, I, I I told my I like reconciled with myself today that when I go watch uh, Midsummer, Midsummer. Uh-huh with um tyler i'm gonna try and watch it with him in the next week at theaters i'm gonna do a high <laughs> good fucking luck. so excited and scared at the same time i am shooketh for you i'm gonna just like look at tyler and be like tyler if i just get up and leave just like it's because i'm high just accept it and like i'll <laughs> meet you in the car but it's so but it's so pretty and beautiful and the soundtrack's so beautiful so i think i'll be like 
I'll get to my peak of like, I need to fucking leave. And then it'll have one of those moments of just like, you know, tranquility. Oh, and I'll be like, God. okay, I could okay. handle it. I, I really want to do it. I think I'm going to take half an edible. I get too anxious. And then if like an hour into it, I'm okay. Then I'll, then I'll take the other half. Oh my God. <laughs> we're not even in California yet. <laughs> I know. We right? have to go to dispensary when we're there. We're already like, oh my God. Let's I'm high. so excited. I'm so fucking excited. Oh okay. Oh my God. Oh wait. Okay. Let's get to my shit. Get and to then, your yeah, I'll talk about it. Faggity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mine today is about the pink mask. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. As in like. AKA like like pink. or as in like a black mass like Black Sabbath, but it's pink. a pink Sabbath or a pink mass. Pink mass is also what you would call a Catholic priest's penis. Yes, a pink mass or a prolapsed asshole or a vagina. Oh, or cancer. Oh my God! Someone from work just messaged me on Skype. Why? Brad did. No. Oh, oh no! Is it bad? <laughs> no, it's- I'm just not gonna look at it. It's 11:40. I'm asleep. <laughs> Okay. I'm a, I'm waking up in six hours to deal with work. I'll okay, deal that with makes the sense. Okay, that makes sense. Let's keep going. Okay, so I um, like have to work right now as I'm like drunk and on caffeine pills. <laughs> what? I like have to start working right now while I'm like drunk and on caffeine. Oh my pills. god, that no! Such a nightmare. Um, so basically, I got this from uh like three main articles together, but the main article that I got this from was titled "Satanists Turn WBC," as in the uh West Westboro Baptist Church. You know those pieces of shit. Yeah. Um. Uh. So the Satanist turned the WBC founder's mom gay in ceremony held on her grave. Okay, I'm here for That's it. That's the title. <laughs> okay, so in 2013, members of the Satanic Temple, not to be confused with the dated Church of Satan. Okay. So the Church of Satan was started in the 60s, and the 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 uh, Satanic Temple was started in I think 2013. Cute. At the same time uh, that this happened. Um, so they went to the uh, Mississippi gravesite of Catherine uh, Johnston, uh, the late mother of the Westboro uh, Baptist Church founder, Fred Phelps Jr., in order to perform a same-sex ceremony aimed at turning Johnston's spirit gay. Yes. <laughs> so they were, they were like, hey, we're going to go to the founder's, um, of the most, like, the gay founder's mom's uh, gravesite, and we're going to do a pink Sabbath on her grave so that she turns gay. Oh, my God. Yes. I want to do pink Sabbath. On like every ancestor of mine. Ever. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so the ritual is known as the pink mat, known as the pink mass, was performed twice: one with two gay men, and then once with a pair of lesbians. Ooh. Yes. So here's a quote from the Satanic re- Temple rep Lucian Greaves, who was the one that did it. Okay, so he explains why they did it, and then he will explain how it went down. Yes. Okay. Or I'll I'll paraphrase how it went down, but this is like verbatim from him explaining why they did it. So he says the idea of the pink mass ceremony. And website came during the aftermath of the tragic Boston Marathon bombings, during which time the WBC were threatening to protest the funerals of the bombing victims. Members of the Satanic Temple were in Boston waiting for them, but they failed to show. Again, if y'all don't know who the West Westboro Baptist Church people are, they're the one that hold the picket fence. The picket fence, you know, they go to a lot of like gay shit or even shit that like doesn't align with their beliefs and they'll picket fence it, but being like, God hates fags. Fuck you die. Like literally like seriously like toxic shit. Like they don't care. It's crazy. So the, what you should do is yell things back at them. That's what I do. Yeah. 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 I like when we went to that one pride, like two years ago and they were like lined up in like the cops. Oh, right in front stuff. of our, uh, of the bar. It, when we're like all on Molly. We're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, at least I can scissor bitches in hell. And he was like, Oh my God. Yeah. 
I'm like, I'm on drugs. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye. We're going to go <laughs> I'm grind. too happy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell me, call me when the drugs are over. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll argue. Yeah. Then we'll argue. For now, I'm going to yell about gay rights. Gays. <laughs> woo. Molly. <laughs> um, so later, the WBC issued a state. So this is after the, after the uh, Boston Marathon bombings. So later, the WBC issued a statement that they had been... Pr- that they had been present in spirit as they were going to protest like the um, funeral of the people that died at the, the Boston marathon bombings. I don't know why they took beef with it, but whatever. They're weird. I don't remember, but I remember when that happened and I remember it being like all over the news. I just don't remember what they had. Against. Yeah. I don't know what they're the thing they had against it. I don't, I don't remember. But I remember it all happening. Yeah. Crazy. It happened like six years ago now. Feels yeah. Like that was forever ago. That yeah. So 2013. Yeah. Um, so it said, we decided that a same-sex couple celebrating ceremony at the gravesite of Fred Phelps's mother was an appropriate way to meet the Restoro Baptists in, sp- quote-unquote, in spirit. Yeah. But this time on our terms. Woo! So this is obviously very, like, um, uh, what's a good word? Um, I can't think of the word. Not just sarcasm, but like uh, not not parody, satire. Thank you. Okay, so I'll say that again. So obviously this is like very satirical of, of like this pink mass and everything that the satanic temple is doing is very satirical and just parroting and mocking yes. uh, like their ba- Westero, Westero Baptist Church and their beliefs. I'm here So for this is how this thing went down. So uh, Lucian says that he was wearing a black Coke and a cloak and a black headdress of horns and stood behind the headstone of the dude's of the dude's mother's grave with five lit candles in front of it forming a pentagram first two lesbian approached the headstone on either side and then kissed as they leaned over the headstone so they leaned over over the headstone on either side and then were like making out on the top of the headstone nice like as they're like each you know covering each other and then they started finger blasting each other yeah no meeting in the middle <laughs> then the lesbian couple switched out with the gay male couple and they did the same thing. Afterwards, Lucian pulled out his penis and placed it on the headstone. Yeah. And there's a picture of it. And I have pictures. And I'm going to show you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So this is the mocking aftermath that happened. So according to the website on the westerobaptist.com website, the satanic commandeered the website and then wrote, after they did the pink mass, they wrote, upon completion of the pink mass ceremony, Catherine Johnson is now gay in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Basically, it goes on a little bit to say um, they, they the Western or the the Satanic Temple then released a statement in this same like uh, spirit of satire and satire of the, of the Western Baptist Church. Shit, you know, we should join the church, the Satanic. The Satanic Temple. Temple. I know it'd be so fun. They're so fun. Yeah. Do you remember when I baptized everyone into the <laughs> the Church of Satan? <laughs> And Moab after we did acid. No, I do not remember that part. When did we do that? In the hot tubs. Was that before or after? After we, acid, after we we were we saved. S- we smoked out of the apple. Yeah, yeah. After we yeah. talked about the apple, we went to the hot tub, and then everyone had me baptize them to the church. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have the authority. We're all like whatever. coming down on acid. We had the authority. You I had, had the authority. authority. I am Satan's <laughs> mistress. We got lost and then saved Mormons who had had weed the first. Who time. currently talk about us saving them during. <laughs> their testimony meeting as a like builder of their testimony yeah like like god sent these kids to me and i'm like god did not send 15 kids on acid these people literally woke up at like 8 (laughs) a.m literally i think they didn't they say they like went and got coffee and had like barely half a breakfast each yeah and then had one water bottle like a water like a 16 ounce water bottle and then went hiking in moab all day 
And like the Devil's Garden, which is like one of the most intense hiking. Yeah trails like in and they yeah and they were like they were like a little cold and super duper hungry and dehydrated yeah and we I, all walk up all like <laughs> spooked the fuck out <laughs> i had like 30 sandwiches on no, me because we, yeah. you don't eat on acid uh-uh. so i had like 30 sandwiches we had enough water to to literally water anybody uh-huh. like, we had we an had, entire bag of grapes we had grapes we had chips <laughs> we had candy we had it all and so we were like but the second coming of like Jesus Christ to them. My, my favorite part was uh, I was like, when everybody was eating some sandwiches. With apples too. And then, oh, we had apples. And I had the grapes in my backpack, and the two girls <laughs> that were in the group, they were like, oh, we're like still a little hungry. And I'm like, I have like grapes in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I just turn and look at them with like, I have grapes in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, really? And I'm like, yeah, I have grapes How in my backpack. How did they not know we were so <laughs> fucked they up? They did. They eventually asked Davis. They're- One of the dudes was like, hey, everyone's like really quiet and weird. <laughs> and then David's, Davis said, he was like, yeah, we're on fucking acid. Also, it's, and if you've ever done acid before, you know, this is like your worst case scenario doing acid is talking to people, let alone saving a life they, on like acid. Like, we, like, yo, legitimately, no, no exaggeration. They were 100, like, we were 100% lost for a bit, but then oh, we yeah. found our way. And as we found our way back, like, we saw them 100% lost. Yeah. Like, we legitimately <laughs> saved a lives. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But that's what we should have. We should bring Davis and Hiram That'd be here. so fun to we recount. We should all, like, do a little bonus episode about yeah, that. Yeah, so it'd be a little bonus It'd be very self-indulgent. So it would be a super optional bonus episode. Yeah, yeah. But it would be so fun just to hear It'd be fun to have it, like, on record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get everyone's like perspective oh yeah how batshit wild it was okay so um basically this is his like this is the closing statement that i'll say from the same dude who did the blood lucian so he says we believe that fred phelps is obligated to believe that his mother is now gay in the afterlife yes Uh, further if beliefs are in in invoidable rights or sorry Further, if beliefs are invoidable rights, nobody has the right to challenge our right to believe that Fred Phelps believes that his mother is now gay. <laughs> so obviously that is super satirical yeah, yeah. and like mocking their their beliefs themselves because they're like, we believe that gays are bad because God, we believe that God told us to. So therefore gays are bad. So they're just mocking their belief system and they're their like, logical we fallacies. We believe your mom is now scissoring bitches because she's gay because I put my penis on her tombstone. Yeah. So and on live, guys, pardon the bounces that I'm going to do. I'm going to show Chana... Uh, the pictures of the gay okay. mask, the pink mask. I'm so nervous you moving your laptop. That's gonna like fuck up my body. Oh my god, me too. Oh hey, our audio. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is Paint 3D. This is Paint 3D. Brought to you by Paint 3D. No. <laughs> okay, so this is look. This is oh him. Like god. this is the gay man. That that's, is. Gold. Isn't that fucking awesome? Okay, so that Can happened. Can we recreate this picture as me looking down at you in seven half inch crop Yes, top. but except for you're holding the heads of us like he's holding the lesbians' heads. The lesbians are sort of hot too. Look at them. They're hot. Their makeup's hot. Look at that. Oh, that's a hot makeup. She's like hot. so fucking sweaty and into it. Yeah, yeah. And I love how he's just like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so here for okay, it. Okay, so now are you ready for the nudity? Yes. Yes. Me. Yes. It's actually really hot. I actually got turned on and had to go jack off. Oh. Does that mean I'll be right back, everybody? Yeah. Oh my god. So here, if you, here, I, I can it. zoom in on it. Yeah, zoom on his dick. He's sort of cute in a oh, yeah. in a like alternative way. You yeah, know? Tot- like in a hot Brett way. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, oh my god. He like put his balls and dick That's on it. Amazing. It's sort of hot. Yeah. Life goals. We Life should go goals. to like Joseph. Where's Joseph Smith buried? Anyone know? Where's his grave? I don't know. I think they don't know. and Or they lie that they don't know. No, someone. You, you can go to some Utah cemetery. I Joseph think, didn't Smith, they like bury it up and take his body or something? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Jesus. Jordan just texted me. They know. Okay, so my spooky scoop is interactive today. Yes. So I. Touch me. So I was. Backstory time. Yes. Spooky scoops. When I was thinking of spooky scoops as more true crime related, I started not necessarily running out of ideas, but I, w- I was not really having a lot of fun anymore with spooky scoops. Uh-huh. So then I was like, well, why don't I add like the whole like mystical, like supernatural, like spiritual yeah. elements of spooky scoops? Because like spooky, when you think of spooky, it's like ghosts and shit. So yeah. I like wrote down, it like hella inspired me. I wrote down like a million ideas for a million different spooky scoops. Yes. And today I thought I'd start with off with a really, really fun one. You're like, so now we're playing Light as a Feather, Sip as a So now Corey, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but no. we are going to talk about tarot today, Ooh. which Corey and I have done tarot together a bunch. So I thought this would be super fun yes. for all of our listeners yeah. and specifically shout out to Hiram, one of our best friends. Yes, Hiram. So tarot is a tool. Who introduced us to tarot. Yeah, who literally introduced us to tarot. So tarot is a tool that someone can use to gain insight and achieve greater control over issues involving relationships, opportunities, life changes, Pussies. anything that you have like Sorry. questions about in life, you can do tarot about. Now the cards provide an evolved awareness of what you already know deep within. So it's not like a psychic prediction of the future. It's yourself. To, it's it's a way for you to help yourself see the way things really are, and for you to yeah. really get in tune with yourself and what you really want. Yeah. So as the occult organization, and this is totally goals, the name of this organization, Please. the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Yes. Yeah. I want that. I want to be part of that. Yeah. I don't even know what they're about, but I want Can it. I just be like the page boy of the hermetic Yeah, cult? I'll be like the coffee intern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like the one. I'll like be a- like the cum rag yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> of the hermetic order of the golden dawn. The cum, ra- cum rag of the hermetic order of the golden dawn. Uh, so yeah. they- I'll just go in and clean up after all the orgies. All- after yeah. all the golden dawn. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so they say... Um, in quotes, this is a quote directly from the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Um, the most powerful sources of information come from within. To the tarot aids in coming in contact with one's higher self. Okay. So it's really just a tool that you can use to help figure out what you really want, what you really desire, and what you already know. Got so the it. origin of tarot is unknown, but we do have documented references of tarot um, being used back all the way back to the 14th century of Europe. Um, the tarot has been used as an oracle and the basic form we know today since the beginning of the 17th century. So there are 22 cards of the major arcana and 56 cards of the minor arcana, which are divided into four suits. So first we're going to talk about major arcana. Yeah. So the major arcana are numbered 0 through 21, starting with the fool and ending in with the world. And these cards align with the milestones of life story. So I have my own tarot deck that's with me right now. Let me find my phone because I need a flashlight. Shit. What the fuck? Do you want mine? I just want to use where it went. Hold on. Oh, it's right here. It was in a different spot. Okay, so the tarot deck I use is called the Wild Unknown Tarot Deck. Um, it's more of a darker deck where Corey uses more of like a lighter, pretty, mm-hmm. crystally deck. So um, what they say about the Major Arcana. So... 
and it just starts. This is the second version of this deck. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so the major arcana is known as the tarot's trump cards. The major 22 arcana cards um, signify a complete journey of the psyche. They are the archetypes we carry within ourselves, the characters or themes that hold us back and set us free. Yeah. These cards usually indicate deeply rooted issues within our lives. And the journey of the major arcana begins with the fool. Like I said before, it ends with the world. Um, so pretty much like the major arcana, like if you ever pull a major arcana card, it's pretty much... You, you should pay attention to it. You should look at it because it's a A good keyword is a milestone. Yeah, it's a milestone. Yeah. It's a bigger card. It's a bigger deal. Like it can represent anything from something huge changing to some vital piece of information that and you should can, understand. Like uh, a good another keyword for that is like theme. Yeah, exactly. So it can like if you draw a major arcana, maybe the minor arcana that follow or like the ones from the deck could be like all be with a are under that theme until yeah. you hit another major arcana. So just fucking pay attention to the major arcana. Because yeah. if you pull major arcana, buckle up. Bitch. Buckle up, pay attention. So now let's go through the ma- the minor arcanas. So the minor arcana, so the suits of the minor arcana includes wands, swords, cups, and pentacles. And uh, that's from my deck. Pentacles are also coins. Pentacles yeah. and cho- coins uh, interchangeable. Yeah, but my deck has pentacles, so I always say pentacles. Nice. So the 14 cards in each suit are numbered ace through 10, and then after that, there are the court cards. So the court cards, um, the first card is page. Um, that could also be known as either princess or daughter. Depends uh-huh. on your tarot deck. The next one is knight, and that could be known as prince or son. The next one is queen, which could also be known as mother, and then king, which could be known as father. My tarot deck, for example, goes by daughter, son, mother, father. And it did that on purpose because it um, immediately establishes more of an intimate connection between you and the card because you you physically think of like – or you emotionally, mentally think of a person. Uh Uh-huh. So the minor arcana of the tarot um, symbolizes daily aspects of the life, giving insight into our challenges, talents, opportunities, and experience of ups and downs. Um, Each suit represents an element, like wands are fire, swords are air, cups are water, and pentacles are earth. So again, I'm going to read directly from my book just to go over what each um, suit kind of represents or what each minor arcana represents. Flashlight. Yeah. Um, one of bonds looks so cute right now. Okay, so first we're going to go through wands. So wands is ruled by the element of fire. So the wands represent inspiration and creativity. They relate to our ambitions, goals, and dreams. They mark the beginning of all ventures within the mind of spirit. Uh, many wands within a reading indicates the situation um, resides mostly in the mind, not yet in the external, war- external world. Next is cups. So cups are the suit of emotion. They address the quality of our relationships and our connections to others. They speak of love, friendship, and all that in between. The suit of cups is ruled by the element of water. Several cup cards indicates the situation mostly involves the heart. Fun fact about me, the two most common cards I pull are either from wands or cups. Those are like the majority that I pull. Because I am a very emotional and creative person. So I am, I'm a mess. So that's all. The next is swords. So swords are the suit of action and intellect ruled by the element of air. Um, These dynamic cards address change, conflict, and power. They point to constructive and deconstructive tendencies within us all. A reading dominated by swords indicates a situation of turmoil and distress. Yay. Not fun. And the the last one is pentacles or coins. 
So the suit of worldly possessions. The pentacles often speak to issues involving our homes, money, or careers. They reflect upon our generosity and greed. Pentacles are ruled by the earth element. When many appear in a reading, it means the focus is on material things like property, income, or the home. Okay, so, you know, determining a card's significance is really dependent upon the question you're, you're asking during the reading, the reader, the person receiving the reading, the placement of the cards. The there's type so of many, spread you do. Yeah, the type of spread you do. Like, there's so many um, ways you can interpret tarot. So, going off of that, there are like a million different ways you can do a tarot reading, uh, but they should all pretty much start the same way. You first start by asking yourself a question, and you find out what you really want to know. So, so like two questions, for example, you would ask yourself is what do I want to know and why do I want to know that? Because it's trying to make you really think and ask the real question instead of asking a really broad question. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, like, will I ever get married? Like, that's not the real question. Like, ask the real question. It's like, am I emotionally open at this point to be to get into a relationship? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So whether it's a reading by yourself or with a friend, you always want to enter a tarot reading with a clear understanding of your question because then you will be able to interpret your tarot reading more accurately. Mm So now after you ask yourself a question, it's time to shuffle the deck. So I learned how to read tarot, and I pretty much learned all of this from Hiram. He taught me about almost five years ago now. So if some like tarot bad bitch is out there saying that this is all wrong, I am blaming my spiritual scissoring sister for teaching me this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Hiram. And like this is how I've always done tarot, and this is how I like, will come to your house and cut you. And I'm going to cut you with my clit. Yeah. <laughs> So um, what I do when I shuffle is you would take your tarot deck, which I have right here. Ooh, props. Yeah. You can do some ASMR. Hold on. Oh. (laughs) It like. Okay, you ready? Better. Do it again. Okay. So you take the deck and then pretty much. So let's say I'm doing this reading by myself. I would move cards around and shuffle it until I really felt like it was time for me to stop moving the deck. Um, what I do, for example, when I do it for myself is if I struggle putting like a specific card in a spot that usually tells me, okay, it's not really meant to go there. So then I'll try a different spot and things like that. Now, let's say I was doing a reading for Corey. Um, Corey would watch me shuffle. And then when he first I get naked, naked. And then when he feels like it's ready for me to stop, he would tell me to stop. So after you are done shuffling the deck, what you have to do is cut the deck. So if you're cutting the deck for yourself, you would just place the deck down on a flat surface and you would break the deck into three different piles and they would naturally form into three piles. You will just kind of know because it feel right. And then you want to take those three piles and combine them back into a singular pile. And again, like how you do this, it's up to you um, Mm -hmm. because you kind of feel like and you know what's what's right. So if I was doing a reading for Corey, um, I would set down my deck and I would let him cut the deck himself. Nice. After he cuts the deck, um, depending on the reading you do, there, for example, there's like a 10-card reading, which is one Hiram taught us, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. There's three-card readings. There's 69-card readings. Hey, there's yeah. really not. Um, but there's also a daily card reading. Um, so today, um, I want to give you guys 
a taste of tarot reading. So I want to do a single card reading because I had the idea today that we should do a 10 card reading, but I think that should be for Patreon episode. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I, that'd be fun. That'd be a really fun Patreon episode. So today I want to do a single card. Now, single card readings, like this is like the daily, do it with your morning coffee. It takes like 30 seconds to maybe a few minutes to do for yourself. And the whole point of the single card reading is you're supposed to ask yourself, what am I supposed to focus on today? Or what am I supposed to like remember when I go into today? Mm-hmm. And so you do the reading so it gives you a few guidelines to think about throughout the day. So, Corey, do you oh mind if we do a daily reading right now for you? Yes. Okay, let's do this. I'll do one for Corey. I'll do one for myself. Interactive spooky scoop. Yeah. So I'm going to start shuffling the desk. So I'm so, going to think of tomorrow because it's technically, it's technically tomorrow. That's true. It's technically now August 2nd. So I'm going to start shuffling the deck. And now from here... I'm going to kind of fan out the cards. Death card. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> death card is good. People think death card is bad. Yeah. Okay, what is your card? Okay, it is the world. <gasps> That's the Beautiful. highest tier of major arcana. Yeah. Okay, let me get my book. Okay, so this is what you should focus on tomorrow. Okay. So the world, like some keywords to remember is wholeness and completion. Okay. So the world is the final card in the journey of the major arcana. So like tomorrow's... I'm dying. Tomorrow's a pretty good day. I'm excited. <laughs> so it signifies completion, harmony, and contentment. It's rare to experience this energy as we are usually consumed by wanting, needing, and achieving. So when this card appears, contemplate for a moment the idea of being whole. Focus on yes. the image of the card. Close your eyes and envision this radiant energy inside of you. What does it feel like? What? Where is it located? What blocks you from feeling a sense of wholeness each and every day of your life? Awesome. You know what's cute about this? Is your mom's in town. Yeah, my so mom's like in town. You have like your real like family. I haven't have seen her since family. I blew up against my dad. So. Fun. Yeah, but yeah, but it's that's kind of a fun card for you to pull since like your mom's in town. Yeah, that's cute. So it's like, yeah, you are probably feeling a little bit more whole now because like you have your family here. Yeah. You bought She bought you a blender today. She did. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you want a milkshake? I'm like, uh, she's like, I want a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> I think your mom is me. <laughs> yeah, she, it was so funny. Okay, now I'm going to do mine. So I'm going to go ahead and shuffle. Yes. Ooh, it's also major arcana. Ooh, it's the sun. I but never really pull major arcanas. I always sun. pull cups and wands. Do, 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 do. Okay, so let's look at the sun. Summertime. In the land of it's like Lana Del Rey album will come out specifically for you early tomorrow. Yeah, Lana Del Rey <laughs> thought of you the entire time while she oh god made the album. Really, thank you. Okay, so I need to focus on vitality and enlightenment so imagine for a moment that you're soaking in the warm way the warm rays of the sun yes it feels on the nourishing beach. and healing like all your aches and pains just fade away the sun card brings this amazing this amazing energy into your life vitality and health abound when you feel assurance and clarity in all you do spend some extra time outside today be grateful for the radiance of the sun and the life force it gives all the creatures Ooh. you know i kind of need that because i was really stressing about tomorrow because i have like a list of thirty-five thousand things i need to do nice so i kind of that is pr- what i need tomorrow because i need to be able to like check myself and chill out for one second and go outside and breathe the air and relax thanks tarot thanks tarot so that is my spooky scoop tarot cards y'all they're awesome they're fun get a deck for me personally my little like anecdote is that i look at it so there i like the mysticism of it but i don't enjoy like the people where people take it and they're like oh yeah this is gonna tell me how to uh, 
to how to address my problem. Yeah. Or this is going to help me decide. I mean, I think it can help you decide, but it can't make the decision for you. Yeah. How I u- use tarot is it I use it as a tool to give me like a semi-mystical and also like a different perspective or point of view or an even more objective view of my question or problem or complication at hand. Yeah. So it just helps you like mull through it. So you, cause you can sit there, especially with like a 10 card spread, the cross spread. That's a fun You're one. just like, you, you can easily take an hour doing it and just yeah. like, okay, what could this mean? What does that mean? And just like, you know, as you reveal it, have it reveal like, you know, truths or like interesting tidbits to you. And then after you've seen it all in front of you, you can spend time looking through it and it just helps you or it gives you like a, a tactile, like tangible element to figuring out your problem. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's why I like it. Yeah. To me, tarot just helps me realize what I really want Yeah, because yeah. you are interpreting the cards and you're like selfishly interpreting the cards because you're like, you want to interpret it into a certain way yeah and so to me i'm like okay like that's what i really want and that's like my really those are my real goals and that's where i want to see myself like what do i have to do to see myself in this tarot light because maybe like you know normally during the day i might not be able to admit to myself certain wants and needs and selfish desires and stuff but tarot helps me be like no channel like this is what you're really asking this is what you really want go be a bad bitch and do you yeah and then if you go online or if you look online, I'm sure there's like 50 billion other ways to approach tarot because it's more just the person who's doing it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So we're yeah. not right. We're also not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tarot is to you what tarot is to you. Like to me, it just it helps me realize what I really want, what I'm really asking yeah. because you can really overcomplicate things for yourself. Agreed. Boom. There's my spooky scoop. Interactive spooky scoop. Done. Okay, so let's get into my supernatural segment. Yeah. So today, mine is on the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Ooh. Again, there's a good amount of history, but uh, it won't be as crazy as the last two episodes that we did, but it still is a little bit, like, hefty. Okay, so located in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, Kentucky, however you want to fucking say that, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium opened in 1910 in response to a tuberculosis outbreak in Jefferson County Haunted. over the past decade. Um, that is Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, Kentucky. I think it's Louisville, Kentucky. It's um, haunted Kentucky. Or Louisville, Kentucky. It is located within Jefferson County. Okay, so in the decade of 1900s to 1910, there was a big tuberculosis outbreak. And so they're like, hey, we need to fucking build a hospital to just like send th- these people to to basically almost quarantine them. Ugh. Okay. So Rough. in the beginning, the sanatorium was simple. It, had two, it was a two-story hospital consisting of an administrative a main building and two open air pavilions, each housing 20 patients for the treatment of quote unquote early cases. So this made the hospital able to equip about 40 to 50 people. Okay. Okay. So in December, 1912, a hospital for advanced cases opened for the treatment of another 40 patients. Also on the same, like it was just part of it. Okay. Um, And then in 1914, a children's pavilion added another 50 beds, making the known capacity by 1914 around 130 patients. Uh Oh yeah. 130 ghosts. 130 reasons to get fucking haunted. Yeah. Um, so due to the constant need for repairs on, on like the wooden structures, there's also and like need for more durable structures and like more beds and space and shit like that. Um, in 1924, they started construction on a five-story building that was made out of like, you know, it was made out of stone and shit and it just wasn't wood. Um, and that is the building we know today. The building opened on October 17th of 1926. Okay. So 
with the introduction of streptomycin, uh, which is an antibiotic in ni- antibiotic, sorry, in 1914, um, the number of tuberculosis uh, TB cases gradually lowered. Um, this basically made the hospital not really necessary. And by uh, 1961, the Louisville Sanatorium, um, and we, like, uh, or like the sanatorium closed. Okay. The Waverly Hill Sanatorium closed. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Dun dun dun. So due to the lack of medicine of the age and the treatment, like the knowledge of the treatment of TB, um, the main like treatments that they had were rest, fresh air, and highly nutritious foods, which is just pretty basic bitch. Like you're sick. Basic, basic, happen. basic. Um, before I get into like the crazy mad scientist treatments, um, it is to be known that just to like heighten this whole experience and make it a little bit worse, families were tragically divided, uh, like from, from each other. Um, people were like, Hey, you have TB, you're going to the sanatorium and you just like barely saw your family ever again, basically. Oh my God. Um, it's basically known as the place like, because the treatment was so poor, um, and they're like the science behind it all and besi- the science behind the medicine was so poor. It basically was just a, hey, your person has TB, send them here so they can die it's a death in the most comfortable way they possibly maybe could. Uh. But it didn't end up being comfortable because of the treatments got so fucking crazy and because they were like super quarantined and not really able to see their friends or family. Oh my God. Yeah. Just fucking just kill me. Yeah. So patients' lungs were exposed to ultraviolet light to try and stop the spread of bacteria. This was done in quote-unquote sunrooms using artificial light in place of sunlight or in the roof or open porches of the hospital. I don't know how you do that. I assume if you're going to expose lungs to light, that means they had to like look up at the sun and then open their mouth. Yeah. I I don't fucking know. (laughs) Like, I don't fucking know. They, or, or let's get really gross. <laughs> or they just open their chest they cavity. They open their goddamn chest cavity. N- yeah, uh-uh. Like, ripped it open while the person was awake. Cause this is a true crime podcast. and yeah, Supernatural podcast. Jesus Christ. And then the lung was like, ah! <laughs> They're like, the ah! Sun. They're like, this is better. I feel better. I'd be like, I'm cured. Send me home. I'm cured. <laughs> I, like, walk in and see, like, people just open on the patio with their chests open. I'm like, I'm cured. I don't have TB. I'm bye. cured. I'm fine. I'm fine. Bye. <laughs> I'm like still coughing up blood. <laughs> You're like, but I'm fine. Um, also, since fresh air was thought to be a possible cure, patients were often placed like um, on, n- near windows that were open or outside on the porches. And there is even pictures of these like real life pictures of these people outside in winter covered in snow. Oh, my God. They're just sitting in a wheelchair, just like covered in snow because they're like, oh, no, they're getting fresh air. It's okay. <gasps> Haunted, 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 yeah. haunted. Um, also, electroshock therapy because duh. Because duh. It's it, the fucking 20th century. Yeah. Like, when did we not do electroshock therapy? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, you gay? Yeah, like, you gay, electroshock you're therapy. You're anything yeah. that You stubbed your toe, electroshock therapy. Yeah. yeah. You you cough twice. Yeah, you're allergic to cats, electroshock therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even worse, um, there's a thing where they did where they would expand their lungs by, uh, they'd put balloons would be surgically implanted into their lungs and then filled with air to expand, to like <gasps> artificially expand their lungs. This often resulted in complications Obviously. or like the balloon would pop and it would puncture a lung or it would just like collapse the lung and the people would die. Also even worse, muscles and ribs were surgically removed from the patient's chest to allow the lungs to expand further and let in more oxygen. This uh, was an extremely bloody procedure <gasps> um, and was known as a last resort. And like most patients just died during the operation. Yeah. Cause they were like, Oh, let me just remove your ribs and muscles. 
Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This is like some American Horror Story season two shit. Oh, yeah. I think it, this might have been one of the ones that it was based off of. And, like, it got inspo from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure they at least thought of this for a bit, like a yeah. little bit of the You just type in like haunted asylums or like haunted pen- penetrate me. Yeah. And you've seen this building. Like if you search it, you've seen this building. It, it's a very iconic building. Um, so it. the body shoot now. The body shoot? Yeah. <laughs> so now the body shoot. Yeah. So there is an enclosed tunnel um, within the... Um, within the sanatorium that leads to the underground that led to a railway system and the whole like the whole function of this body chute was to throw bodies down the chute they would land into a rail rail cart system and then the rail cart system would be able to just like get them to a dump site or get (gasps) them to a mass grave or whatever and it was one to keep like a low key down low on how many people were dying um, to keep a low key down low on how many people were dying to keep morale up for the patients. Oh my God. And then three to keep, um, or to like make sure or minimize uh, patient, uh, body contact or just like caretaker or employee body con- dead body contact. So that TB didn't spread Fuck. or whatever. Um, so you, this is obviously just like, you know, fucking gold for demons and ghosts and shit. Yeah. This is like a goddamn jackpot for them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So estimates range that uh, from 8,000 to upwards of 63,000 deaths Sick, happened wait. within the walls of the sanatorium. Restate those numbers right now. So 8,000 to 63,000. 63, 63, comma, zero, zero, zero. Uh-huh. I don't know why the gap is so big. There's just a lot of, yeah, there's just a lot of discrepancies. This place was open for more than 50 years. 63,000? Yeah. No one looked into that? That 63,000 people died yeah, at this I, hospital? Yeah. Um, the, what I looked at it is that like they think 63,000 is, su- 63, is super high, but they said like- Even half that, it's still ridiculously high. Yeah. They were averaging, they said that like some were averaging that it was like 143 patients were dying uh, like a day at one point <laughs> in some peaks. And then at other peaks, it was like 43, but it's like, I don't, I, I don't really know. I, it, it's very all over the place. Like a lot of regardless, that's a fuck. And pretty much bodies. every, every article sort of said something along these lines. That's and they crazy. were like, it's super, it's just so racked in like, you know, folklore now and legend that like, who knows anymore. That's insane. Yeah. And they had the body shoot. So it's like, who uh-huh. really knew? The, the number could even be higher. Yeah, so then there, like, yeah, it could even be higher. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's insane to me. That's so many fucking dead bodies. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking dead bodies. Sixty-three thousand, and like a good of them are like probably put in mass graves on the property. That's crazy. Yeah, fuck that. Because oh duh, mass graves all the time. Yeah. Okay, so the building was re- was reopened. So we're now we're back to the OG history. So the place, sanatorium that we know that caused all this TV shit was closed in 1961. Yeah. Then it reopened in 1962 as the Woodhaven Geriatric Center, which was basically a nursing home uh, for aging patients that had various stages of dementia oh, God. and mobility limits. Oh, my okay? God. And also severely handicapped. This so, is my nightmare. Uh, during this time, it was actually closed because uh, it was super understaffed, super overcrowded, and there were extreme, extreme reports of patient patient neglect. Like they would just leave people with shit in the bed. Like they, people would just like die because they just like from exposure in inside because like, you know, they wouldn't like temperatures and they wouldn't clean them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
like like they would just like you know leave multiple people in the same rooms and the dead body would stay there for days <gasps> just like those like all those legend reports just all over the place yeah for days yeah um, oh my god so that was closed by the state in in 1982 so that lasted for 20 years 20 so years 20 years of neglected ghosts of neglected <laughs> bodies and ghosts and shit uh-huh again then get this this is a funny this is a funny fuck you christian thing so this guy uh named j clifford todd bought the hospital in 1983 oh after after this one so this dude bought the hospital in 1983 for over three million dollars and then tried to make it into a prison but then failed to get funding uh, so well, then after that in 1996 robert alberhasky um, bought bought Waverly Hills, so he bought the sanatorium and the grounds, the surrounding grounds. Then this dude was going to basically build a replica of the Christus in Rio de Janeiro, oh. um, and then and then also build a gift shop in two like phases of building. The first phase to build the Christus was four million dollars, and then to build the gift shop and like re- renovate the uh, sanatorium into a hotel, I think. <gasps> Um, he was going to do it for $9 million, but he only raised $3,000. $3,000? Lol. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> um, if only GoFundMe's existed back then. Yeah, right. I would go. F- I would donate to a GoFundMe. They're like, I bought this haunted shit place. I want to make it a hotel. I'd be like, here's $1,000. You're like, here's $1,000, bitch. I'm like, you... I'm like, put my name on a plaque. <laughs> yeah, put my name on a goddamn plaque. <laughs> put anyways, has your sex like, life on like a Make like a fucking cast mold of my fucking dick and just put it in like a cabinet of curiosities. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, and make it spooky. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. Yes. Um, so basically after that there was like nothing more interesting other, I think there's like a couple of people that own the place until the owners that own it today it's a private owner um, they open it up to uh, they open it up to like overnight guests and paranormal investigators we I think you just go. have to pay them they might open it for free but I'm pretty sure they don't because this is fucking America it's America yeah this is America this like, is no. America yeah we should go no. yeah um, but you can do ghost tours but I think you have to pay I don't care. Yeah, I don't think you can do guided. I think you guide yourself. Oh my god, yeah. that is. I'm even. No, you no. Know, we're yes. getting into why you do not want to come. Oh, here. I don't give a fuck. This what... is considered like one of the most. I think like this is considered like one of the most scary haunted places. Yeah. Corey. Fuck this place. No. no. Fuck this place. I'm gonna buy buy no. a plane. This tickets. one. This one I will never go into. <gasps> I would you. go. I would go down the. I'd walk on the grounds. Okay. At night. Oh. But I wouldn't go inside. <laughs> Yeah. This is like I, I am not going my nipples are hard. I'm so excited yeah. for your story. Um so the hospital soon gained a reputation for being haunted oh. and stories began to circulate of the resident ghosts. So I'm here's so a excited. here's a list of them. So there's a little girl who was seen running up and down the third floor solarium. Uh, there's five stories. I'm scared too, Simone. Um there's five different stories, okay? Yeah. So the fourth, the fifth being the most haunted, because <gasps> duh. Um so um, there's a girl who's seen running up and down the third floor solarium. There's a little boy who is spotted with a leather ball. I'll get back to him a little bit later. There's also a hearse that has appeared uh, that appeared in the back of the building that is dropping off coffins at night. It only appears at night. Ooh. Is that, that's fun. That's, I want to see that shit. That's like a fucking, I could see that. That's like a Disneyland haunted mansion shit. Yeah, that like reminds me of just like some old like England like spooky tale. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to see that shit. <sighs> Um, like that's in Sleepy Hollow or something. Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah, I would. I could see a ghostly hearse. Yeah, that's coffin. dope. I'd be like, shit. I'm spooked. Let's go. But that was cool. Ghostly hearse. Um, I'm gonna add that to my. And Halloween I want like parties. a shit ton of fog for like no reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like in uh, the new Annabelle movie, how there was like fog 
everywhere. Like, I loved fog it. I loved house. it. It was so, it was so forced. I loved it. I know. They were just like, we're going to put a shit ton of fog for like no reason. They're like, why? Like, I Fuck agree. You. I loved it. Yeah. It like all of a sudden they were like literally living in San Francisco. Yeah. There was like a <laughs> fog like inside the house and like, on like the, the second floor bedroom. There's yeah, fog. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> um, there's also a woman with, um, yes. oh, you know what? I talk about her later. I'll mention her later. So, spoiler, anticipation. Ooh. Um, so, other legends tell of a man in a white coat <gasps> who is seen walking in the kitchen and also that the kitchen will smell c- of cooking of food. Um, some sign that, that, like, it just wafts around the kitchen and other food. There's also, there's a deep uh, smell of bread that will, like, waft through the kitchen area oh my God, and Jordan's around the kitchen there. area. Um, also, you have your basic bitch haunt and shit. Um, you have your slamming doors. You have your lights and windows. Um, if like if like people will pass by the place and then see like lights on, but there's just like like it is the most ab- like look at pictures of it. It's like the most abandoned piece of shit, but people will see like lights on, and it's just like what the fuck. Like, I'm that, I know I'm super spooky. It's spooky. Have you, look at a picture of the place. It's super spooky. Wait, what is the exact like? What's it's the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Waverly's. Yeah, Waverly. Waverly Hills. Sanatorium. Sanatorium. Yeah. Oh. It's just spooky. It's like the cl- like you've seen that picture. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like a V shaped. <gasps> yeah. Isn't that just no no? It's just like hell no. Fuck that. Really? Yeah. Um. You'll also people will hear strange sounds coming from the oh, place. Oh, we like, have to go. I could go to it and I could walk like inside the gate. Guess what? For it, like ten minutes. It has four point six stars out of one thousand four hundred twenty three reviews on Google. Who would review that and not give it a five I'm star? Reading, I'm reading the reviews. I would just get so scared. Great host. Good ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that person. <laughs> Someone, I feel like I was robbed for the experience I paid for. Oh my God. Get haunted. I didn't. A, a demon did not fuck me in the ass. Yeah. One star. Jesus Christ. Um, so people hear eerie footsteps in empty rooms. The people who had, ho- had objects thrown at them. Yeah. People were struck by unseen. So they were just bitch slapped by ghosts. Like that um, one, like the bell witch. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> the girl just, like, just stand there and just be like, just <laughs> slap. Um, also people have seen apparitions in doorways and corridors and et cetera, et cetera. So this is where we get to the reason why I'm never coming here. Yes. And then we will even get to the more reason why I'm never oh coming Oh my here God. I'm so excited. Later. So shadow people. <gasps> every every like every fucking article I went I saw I looked at like easily over 10 different articles for this everybody was like shadow people shadow people shadow people like everywhere 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 they were like people that they're just darting around the grounds that's why I could only be on the grounds for so long but they say like you will just walk down the hallways and they will dart from room to room because it's like the classic long hallway with doors yeah. on each side like scooby-doo yeah. shit and it's like cement hallways yeah and so you just see them like darting from like darting like looking around corners really quick oh! and then putting their head back you know just like okay so we should I'm go and we should turn on the scooby-doo music oh my god <laughs> and like, play with them yeah because whenever they're like the they're like finally someone with a fucking sense of humor yeah right they're <laughs> like we've been waiting for this yeah that'd be cute um, but yeah, they're just like all talking about that shit. They're like, they're, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. They're just like, they're relentless in this place. They're like cockroaches. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. So no, yes. so I'm never going in there. Okay. So before we move on to a couple small stories, before we get to the hauntings, like the main two hauntings that I'm going to talk about. Oh my God. Um, also doppelgangers. <gasps> so I didn't what? know, I didn't know this was a supernatural phenomenon. I didn't know that, that either. That was like linked to spirits or ghosts. I thought it was just like 
you, oh look, look, I found Corey's twin in Germany. No, or yeah, Type I thought, or shit. I thought it's like like there's doppelgangers in like D and D. Oh yeah. Like I've actually had a doppelganger fight y'all before. Oh. Um, it was in when you were in the Crackmaw Castle fighting the goblins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was before. It was the first castle you went to that was run down, and it was before you went. Was, was I bef- dead? No, it was before you. No, this is like bef- this is before even Chris joined. Oh, so this is oh, before you even you about. even went to the mine of Fendelin. Yeah, yeah, or the mine of Fendalver. T- Fendalver, sorry, um, Fendalin. I think. Whatever. I think it's Fendalin. Yeah. Yeah, or, or the Echoes Mine Cave or whatever. Um, like it's before you went there. You went to a castle. Um, that was like super run down and over overtaken by goblins and bugbears. Yeah. 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 And I so remember that's, that now. Yeah. So there, there is like a there's a doppelganger there, and that was well, and that's when you encountered your first mimic. Oh yeah. But there was a go- doppelganger girl hidden behind the door, and you you dispatched of her actually pretty quick accidentally. That's where you found your first owl, but owl bear too. Oh my god. Locked up in a tower. Yes, my beautiful yeah. owl. Yeah. You saved the owl bear. Yeah. Cute D Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, we need to talk. We're, uh, we literally are like, we have like five more sessions, no more, and we're done. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll need to come back for like the last two. I will. We will. Yeah, we will. It'll be super fun. Okay. So, sorry, back to scary shit. Um, so, apparently, doppelgangers are real. Happen like you would think they do, but they're like spirits that will take the form. Um, and in here, especially, they say that they take a form of the. So, there are guides. I did know there were guides. So, the guides will say that they are often will see themselves like walk around a corner and then look at them and then just like walk back away, like follow me or shit like that. Or they'll just be like, got people, they'll try to like uh, confuse pe- people who like sort of stray away from the group and they'll say they'll see the guide that's like. Yes. That's I just beckoning to them to come. I'd be like, no, that's so fucking scary. I'd fucking go Fuck to that. It. You'd get fucking, you'd be a demon, Jenna. Yes. <laughs> you get turned into, you get possessed as a fuck. It's a um, matter of time. That's spooky. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a like, uh, a real common thing. enough supernatural occurrence. I don't know. It was like real. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But like, but yeah, like I, I didn't know that was a thing that people really talked about. I thought doppelgangers was just like a more made up, made up like monster thing. Crazy. You know, sort of like uh, um, changelings and stuff like that. Yeah. What's next? Goddamn dragons in this okay. place. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, so there's mind flares and <laughs> <laughs> fucking bugbears. Okay. So, um, so again, as I said before, most of this stuff is said to happen on the fifth floor because there's a lot of a legends legends that surround the fifth floor. Um, and I'll get to room 502 in a minute. Um, for those of you all not know what I'm about, ta- what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking um, about. And that the legends surround the fifth floor is because it is uh was is like commonly agreed upon that the fifth floor is where they put the worst cases of tuberculosis, where like oh. the tuberculosis made them go mad. Or like made them go crazy. So this sounds like that asylum. is false, though. Oh. That is super debunked. Like they, there was no wing that was like that. And I don't think tuberculosis even caused dementia and go you to go crazy or something like that. Okay. So it's just completely debunked that that was like like it was people never were insane. Before and the they, story. Yeah, yeah, but but it's super cute, cool for the story. Yeah. So we'll just ignore what I said. So it's real. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Two of the two of the little ghosts I already talk about. One is Timmy, and the other one is that the one where I almost started saying it, and then I stopped. So there's this one. This is really creepy. So one of the saddest ghost stories, and also a pretty creepy one, is there's a, supposed to be an elderly woman that walks around 
and moaning and bleeding from her chained hands and feet because it said that these tuberculosis patients got so crazy sometimes that they would chain them up in their rooms and then lock the lock the room and just like basically solitarily confine them there oh my god yeah so then you'll see sometimes you'll hear like chains chink like you know clinking and clanking and then you'll turn around and there'll be like a ghostly apparition of a woman chained up and she's just bleeding from her hands and ankles yeah that's fucking terrifying um, she'll, she's the, they said that she'll cry for help um, when, when people approach her. And then when you get too close, she will just like get this horrific face of terror and look at you and then run away. And that's, I got chills that's so of my disturbing. whole body. Yeah, that's disturbing. That, I would want to see that depicted in a movie. I haven't seen something like that depicted in a movie. Yeah, James Wan. Yeah, James Wan, we're looking at you, Conjuring 3. My nipples are hard. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> my back's in a closet. <laughs> You're fucked. Uh, the Ouija board blanket's next to me. Oh, God. I'm Your fucked. nipples are hard and my back's in a closet. <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> and we're fucked. <laughs> oh, look. oh, my God, that's, um, that's terrifying. Then that little boy with the ball that I was talking about, his name is Timmy. He goes by Timmy. Cute. Um, and he was supposed to be around six or seven years old uh, when he died in the hospital. And since he died with his whole life ahead of him, people sort of say in the legend that he wanders around the hospital trying to have fun. Um, so he's, he's sort of seen as a benevolent ghost. Okay. So you can, people actually bring balls and throw around like balls and he'll like throw them back <gasps> like the changeling, like the movie, the changeling. Oh my God. Um, and you can ba- basically play with him. So he's like the most benevolent of them. The rest seem to be like either restless spirits or just basic bitch spirits or shadow people or demons. So, you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Okay. So now let's get to the main hauntings. Um, let's talk about room, room 502, bitch. Room 666 practically. Yeah. So according to the stories, um, a nurse was found dead in the room 502 in 1928. She had committed suicide by hanging herself from a light fixture. Damn. She's supposed to be 29 years old at the time. And it was said that she um, killed herself because she had gotten pregnant and wasn't married. And it was 1928. She was a woman, Shit. so she had no rights. Um, and basically was scared to say anything. So she killed herself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, people like uh, challenge this story as well. Because people say she either either hung herself from the light fixture or hung herself from the pipes over the door. And also say some people say that she hung herself from the rafters. Regardless, she did hang herself. But she did hang herself. And there's also debunk. There aren't rafters in the rooms and there aren't pipes over the door in uh, because the the sprinkler system wasn't installed until 1972. Okay. Okay. So, um, and there's no actual, that was scary. We're moving on. What was that? I don't know. Oh so there's no actual documentation of of her death, so we just don't know. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh-huh. R.I.P. This poor girl. What? I said rest in peace, this poor girl. Yeah. R.I.P. Um. So in 1932, another nurse, literally four years later, um, is said to have jumped from the roof patio of of room 502, and fell f- fell five feet to her death. Uh, people uh, speculate whether or not she did this because like she was possessed or a ghost scared her so much she jumped out or a patient pushed her out or somebody else pushed her out or, you know, who knows? You know, there's oh like you know, there's 10 different scenarios that could have happened. Um, but yeah, again, there aren't records of this, but the rumors still like, you know, happen and stuff yeah. like that. Um, people will report hearing cries of women on this floor on uh, on floor five, especially near the room. Um, women screaming and lights uh, from 502 appear to be, oh God, sorry, I'm getting spooked. So I'm like, I'm yeah. like not able to focus right now. 
My back's in the closet. I'm I'm like getting freaked out. <laughs> you are? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm, I'm scared. Just, I'm like so. Chandler, don't get freaked out. You're freaking me out. <laughs> I'm envisioning this in my head, and it's freaking me the fuck ah! out. Okay, so. We just scare each other. We are just scaring each other. Okay, so people report hearing the cries of women on this floor. No. Okay. They will hear um, also women screaming, no. as in, so they will hear like actual cries, like sobbing cries. Like, and then like Left 4 Dead 2 witch sobs. Yeah. Ugh, that's creepy. <laughs> um, they also, people will say as they're walking by, that they say that they see lights on in specifically 502. Nope. Um, and also people walking by have reported seeing a woman falling from the window <gasps> or a balcony of 502 oh or whatever to the grounds below. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So now this is where we get really spooked because I saved the most spooky for last and I'm already spooked. Okay. Are you ready? I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so I'm scared. I'm so excited. I'm so scared right now. Okay. So this is called the creeper. <gasps> no yeah i know no there so we talked about shadow people there is a main shadow person called the creeper no so the creeper is a dark terrifying entity that crawls along <gasps> the floors and <gasps> walls and ceiling some people believe it is a spirit or a demonic force or just another shadow person oh my but God. they don't know but people will just literally say they're just walking down a hallway and they see this thing just <gasps> just like crawl <gasps> up and around the wall towards them yeah that actually makes me feel nauseous i know Okay, I'm done. We're done. I want to go. <laughs> no, we're done. <laughs> I want... If I if we go, if I bought I'm, us tickets... I'm sufficiently spooked. <laughs> if I bought us tickets and I like got you drunk, would you come with me? No. <laughs> what, if, what if I promised you Molly after? Are we going at night? Yeah, well, of course we have to go at night. <laughs> I'm not at going then. <laughs> okay, we can go at 3 p.m. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crawling. We can go at 3 p.m. on a cloudy day. Fine. Okay, three. Like, okay, crawling is creepy. As yeah, crawling fuck. is ridiculous. Stop crawling, everyone. Everyone, if you're cr- if, if you are older than three, stop crawling. Stop crawling, or I'm gonna <laughs> cunt punt you. That's yeah. scary as shit, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh. Fuck that. Okay, so that is that actually got way spookier than I thought it would. That's spooky. <laughs> I'm spooked though. Last night I watched Insidious three with Tyler and Addison, and it spooked me out. Oh fun. Because yeah, I forgot about some things. It's, it's it's so it's not it's not that great of a movie, but they get some like it's really dark and aggressive and violent. Like mm. the antagonist demon in that is very aggressive, okay, and, and ruthless, and so it just like makes it scary. Yeah. And there's a couple imagery. Just thinking about it now is disturbing. But there's a couple imageries from it, like a couple instances that I'm just like. Ugh. Ew, he got that really good. Like Ugh. he did that really well. Like I'm, s- it's disturbing. I, l- I yeah. love it. Okay. The writing and acting is horrible, but it's okay. Sorry, <laughs> Lee Winnell, I love you. Well, let's do, let's do my segment. Whew. I'm like spooked. My heart's like from your segment. Yeah. Okay, so today I am talking about the chessboard killer. Ooh, this is fun. Also known as Alexander. Pishashkin, a Russian last name. Okay, a Russian. Yeah, yeah. he's Russian. Ha- Russian. He's Russian. He's Russian. Pishushkin, Pishushkin. I'm going to call him Alexander for now on. Okay. Maybe AP. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, Alexander, he was born on April 9th, 1974 in Moscow. Um, he His childhood, there's really not that much about his childhood out there. Uh, but there is a, a specific event that I'm going to refer to as the incident. 
Because every serial killer has, an, has a childhood incident. There's a turning point. There's a turning point. So Alexander fell backwards off of a swing, and as he was sitting up, the swing swung back and hit him in the forehead and knocked him to the pavement, and so he slammed his head against the pavement. So he his head was like a ping-pong ball, like going back and forth, like ground, swing, ground. Um, so this event caused lasting damage to his still developed his still developing frontal cortex, Damn. which is the area of the brain that controls problem solving, impulse regulation, and personality traits. Okay. So yeah, so since he was a child, the injury was way more severe for him than it was an adult uh-huh. because his um, forehead only provides like a fraction of the protection of the brain compared to like an adult's skull. Okay. So following the incident, Alexander's behavior like completely changed. He went from a social, fun-loving kid to a hostile and impulsive psychopath. His head was severely misshapen, so he was bullied in school. Sad. So because of that, he started bullying the kids back, and he, his rage was just building up inside of him. Um, his mom ended up uh, transferring him to a school for children with learning disabilities, uh, but Alexander wasn't doing well in the school. Um, and he w- would find um, like emotional relief in his little safe haven with his grandpa whenever they would play chess together mm-hmm. so his grandpa started to recognize that alexander was highly intelligent and felt that his um, innate talents were being wasted so he had alexander move in with him and homeschooled um, alexander and his grandpa would spend hours in brista park playing chess and learning about the world um, chess helped alexander control his rage and impulsive behavior and channel it into something that was competitive and challenging and that um, he could feel like he was dominant at so it really helped his uh, his violent psychopathic rage. So Alexander's grandpa was literally like his only friend, and it was the person that that cared about him more than life itself. They were like best friends. It was his father figure. It was the only guy that believed in him. It was his person, pretty much. Yeah. Um, now Alexander and his grandpa had a doggo, Aww. and they lived a happy little life. Everything was perfect. You know, for a few years, like, everything was great. They'd go to the park. They'd play chess. Yeah. Go home, make little Wait, Russian question. vodka sandwiches. Did his grandpa go out to sea and then die? Well, his grandpa dies right now. No, that was a different uh, Yeah, th- this is, like, had. the same exact story. Oh, it is. He got a head injury, and that got made fun of him for the head injury. God, which serial killer was that? I forget, but it was, like, within 10 episodes It was ago. the British serial killer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so. F- oh my god! I was like, okay. Chan, if you say that and then you say you haven't said it, I'm I'm slitting my throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what's crazy? Then, so if you know a child who gets a a head injury and whose grandparent dies, just assume they're going to become a serial killer. Just throw it out because this is two. This is two for two yeah, so just, far. Just drown the kid. <laughs> so, the grandpa died. He did oh. not go out to see. The kid did not, Alexander did not wait by the ocean for his grandpa to come home like the other kid, but um, his oh. grandpa did die, which beyond devastated him. That's so sad. Unbelievably devastated him. It changed him forever. Like he now felt alone, angry, and abandoned, and then the dog died. What? Yeah. So all of a sudden, Alexander lost everything. Why did the dog die? And ev- I think it was just old. Everything and everyone who ever even cared for him. Suddenly, Alexander was completely alone. Nothing. Didn't have 
a single person to talk to. So Alexander turned to vodka to numb the pain naturally. Mm-hmm. And he would spend hours drinking vodka neat. So like straight up vodka. Just straight up, yeah. At the Brista or Bitsa Park where he played chess with his grandpa. And he would play chess with other old men and anyone who was willing to play with them because he was oh. so lonely and so sad. Um, it was at this time that he began to develop a more sinister hobby. Uh oh. He started recording children playing in the park. And then he would threaten them if they felt uncomfortable. Oh, my God. On one occasion, he even grabbed a young boy, like brought him uh. to his apartment complex, brought him, like took him to his apartment patio and then grabbed the little boy by his leg upside down and held him over the patio. So the kid was looking down below. And he said, and I have in quotes because it's on camera. There's a recording uh. of it of him saying, you are in my power now. I am going to drop you from the window and you will fall 15 meters to your death. He then watched. Uh, he did not drop the kid from the window, though. Okay. So he brought the kid back in. But um, he would continuously like watch these videos that he would take of the kids. Um, just kind of it got him off a little bit of like what threatening kids and recording kids and whatnot. And it would also like reaffirm his power over the kids. But by 1992, when he was 18 years old, he got bored of the children and he wanted more. Oh, God. So what's the next step? If you're like recording kids, you're sad, you're abandoned. Like the natural next step is murder. Yeah. Obviously. So Alexander killed his very first person. It was an acquaintance of his. Um, He killed the dude because he was in love with the guy's girlfriend. He wanted the girlfriend for his own. So he went up and he stabbed the guy to death, like at a park, at the the Bitson Park. Ooh, I think this is the first person you're going over who isn't sexually doing things but yeah nothing sexual yeah. nothing's really like he's not raping anybody in this like, yeah, like they, the, i think this is the first person you're going over who isn't sexually motivated look at that yeah. go you alexander whatever yeah. your last name is yeah go you yeah great so he i have a no, quote don't from go him you. you're fucking serious. where he said this first murder it's like the first love it's unforgettable a few years Down. later, he killed the girlfriend that he wanted, but he could never get. From that point until June 14th, 2006. So this is from 1992 to June 14th, 2006. Alexander uh, Pichushkin killed between 48 to 64 Pikachu. people. Um, now, Alexander had an obsession with the notorious Russian serial killer, Andrea Chikatilo, which I will do a future episode Ooh. on. He was known as the Rostov Rostov Ripper. Um, he was convicted in 1992 of killing 53 children and young women what over a 12-year fuck? period. Alexander wanted to beat Andre or Andrea. He and then he had a chessboard because he loved playing chess with his victims' um, he, date and like name or not date, not name. Sorry, with his victims' um, date on it. So whenever he would kill a victim, he would do like a red X over a chess square and write the date, and that would represent a victim. Because oh his goal is he wanted to fill up a chessboard. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. And that's not some like crazy psychological shit. That'd be like me, is. yeah. Yeah, totally. I do some like crazy outlandish, over the top thing. Yeah, that's so extra. Where they're like, were you even really into killing people? I'm like, no. Yeah, like no. I just I want to do some crazy outlandish thing. Yeah, right. Because I wanted some like millennial on a podcast to talk about it. Yeah. So most of the victims were people who lived close to him. Ten of the people actually lived in his apartment complex, um, and m- the majority of his people were usually old people, drunks, addicts, homeless, etc. Like he usually picked someone 
who wouldn't really be sought after or missed by the police. Yeah. It was someone that the police could easily be like, oh, yeah. They would, they would like them gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or just no one was really missing him. Like, oh, yeah, 90-year-old Russian name vodka pants what disappeared, but whatever. He's yeah, 90 years who old. Cares? Yeah. Or this homeless guy or this druggie or this drunk, whatever. Yeah. Now, Alexander's favorite way to kill someone was to invite them to drink vodka with him um, at the park. <sighs> um, they would go over to where he buried his dog because he buried his dog in the park. They would be drinking. Now, after the victim was completely wasted, he would ask them what their biggest wish was. After that, he would take out a hammer or a blunt object and bash their skulls in. In his early murder days, he would take the body and dump them into a sewer. Um, it's speculated that some of his victims even survived the initial blows to the head, but they later drowned, drowned in sewage, in like sewage. in poop water. Dude, he asked them what their biggest wish was. And then fucking and murdered, then them. murdered them. So that's, one... That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I know. That's ruthless. Yeah. Like, what do you wish for? I want to be family. And that's like, vicious. And be loved. Yeah. So one pregnant woman was lured into the park, but instead of her head being bashed in like the others, Alexander simply pushed her down into a manhole into a sewer and she fell like eight meters. Oh, no. Um, thinking that she died, he just left the scene. He was like, sweet, another murder. Wiped his hands clean. However, she survived. Get it. It took her... I think it was like eight or nine hours to even find a ladder. And it was her stumbling around in the pitch black poop sewage. sewer in sewage, like knee deep Russian. I'm like vomiting on myself. I'm terrified because it's dark. Yeah, right. There's like yeah. rats and who knows I what hurt. everywhere. Yeah. You're hurt because you're just and you're pregnant. So you're worried about your baby. And so oh she's stumbling God. around. And finally, like like eight or nine hours later of that, she finally found a ladder. She climbed her way out. Did she like live? She She lived. She went to the hospital. But the police, and what she went year to the police. Is this? I think hers Oh, this is the 90s, so she can get an infection and she won't just die. Yeah, hers happened in 2002. Okay, cool. Um, She lived, but the police like dismissed her case. <laughs> they just thought oh it was, God. she fell into a manhole. They didn't believe her story. She's a hysterical pregnant woman. Anyways. What the fuck? Okay, yeah. Like, this, <laughs> this isn't like any murder story ever. Like, the police fuck up. That's just what these murder oh stories are about. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, that's why they are here, because somebody already fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So, while Alexander was on his murder rampage, the media and the surrounding area of Britza Park, because he kept on killing everybody inside the park, was in full-blown panic mode. So, Britza Park was labeled as the hunting ground for the maniac or the... Britsvesky maniac or the bits of or the hash slinging slasher, the hash slinging slasher, the mash slinging, the flash slinging, <laughs> the hash slinging. Now, Britsa <laughs> Park, it is four times the size of Central Park, New York. It's massive. It's huge. Whoa. And okay. It's, and it's dense with woods and like it. It's a fucking like little. That's crazy. Like nugget national park. Practically. Yeah. Um, so he had a lot of stomping ground. Like you could easily walk into the park and disappear and no one would even notice. Yeah. And you could easily scream in the park and no one would hear you. Yeah. Now the maniac was talked about everywhere. He was a faceless beast that would grab people in the night. His description <gasps> with little, or his description, what little the police knew um, was plastered everywhere. Like every news outlet, every newspaper, every TV show, everyone was talking about the maniac. Um, but somehow everyone kept on disappearing. So even though it was highly publicized now, the public envisioned like a monster, like an animal of a man, like a demon, like some creepy man with like snarling teeth and just like drool. Like, you know, when everyone envisions what a murderer looks like, but yeah. they really look yeah, like a yeah, yeah. guy. 
um, th- that he was like hiding around every corner in the shadows, grabbing people, snatching them, murdering them. But really, Alexander was just working at a grocery store, making small talk with people, making people laugh. Was just doing his own thing, stocking shelves, oh packing God. bags. He was just a regular guy. He was like if you went to Walmart tomorrow and someone checked you out and you're like, what a normal guy. And then he went and like violently murdered 64 people. <laughs> it was He's just a regular, regular guy. No one suspected him. To everyone else, he was just sad boy Alexander. Like he was just depressed. His grandpa died. He's a sad fuck up. But like no one suspected that he was like a murderer. So he continued his murder spree. He was always killing people from behind so he could surprise them so he wouldn't get mm-hmm. dirty. Um, he claimed that he felt like God because he decided whether or not they were going to live or die and he decided how they should die. Fuck that. He described the feeling as a perpetual orgasm because it didn't necessarily get him off sexually, but it was just like that high that you get from the orgasm of just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, I'm doing this. Okay. Like, this is happening. He also said, in quotes, in all cases, I killed for only one reason. I killed in order to live. Because when you kill, you want to live. Damn. As each murder was completed, he just was hungrier and hungrier. And he wanted more and more. And he needed to get more sadistic with each kill. He strangled the victims. He stabbed the victims. He drowned the victims. Whoa, he, so he doesn't have like a normal MO anymore? Yeah, he bludgeoned the victims. Like whatever murder way he wanted to do, like he was just doing whatever he wanted. But then he found his exact murder kink. Yes. He would lure them to the doggo grave. He would get them drunk, ask about their dreams, like how he started doing it. While they spoke, he would bash their head ends with the hammer or the vodka bottle that they got drunk off of. And then what he would do is he would take the vodka bottle and push it into the gaping wounds in the people's skulls and in their chests and in their back. And so they, and he would just leave them in public in the park what the as fuck? they're laying there with broken vodka bottles sticking out of their gaping Ew. skull wounds. Why? Cause he's fucked up and they're yeah. just left there. Cause he didn't care anymore. He didn't care that it was in public. Cause he felt like he was invincible. Oh my God. He would just leave the he body leave there. Him. He was like, leave him next Holy to a park fuck. bench, leave him next to a swing set. Just leave him there. Could you imagine walking up on a body and there's like three vodka bottles sticking out of their skull. Ew. There was one person where he literally did a vodka bottle in each eye socket. Oh my God. That's so morbid. What the fuck? That's morbid. Yeah. Fuck that. Isn't that, cr- isn't that fucked yeah, up? Yeah. Fuck that. So in, on, in June 2006, Alexander killed his last victim. And remember, he started killing in 1992. How do you fall asleep after you do that? I know. I don't think I'd ever fall asleep ever again. Fuck you, Alexander, Russian vodka pants. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. So in June 2006, and now he started killing in 1992. Yeah. So he's been killing for a minute now. Alexander killed his last vi- victim. He claims this is victim number 62. Now, Alexander murdered one of his ex-coworkers. Her name is Marina Muskolakvia. Oh, that's definitely not how you pronounce her last name. She was 36 years old. Um, he invited her to the park to play some chess. She agreed. She told her boyfriend at the time that she was going to go meet him, and she gave him Alexander's phone number before she left. Um, now, her body was found at the park with vodka bottles wedged into her skull and her chest a few days later, but this crime scene was different because inside of her jacket pocket was a train station ticket. So using that train station ticket, they Ah. went and they pulled the surveillance footage from that time that she should have been at the station, and they saw that she was walking with the man. So they went to her boyfriend, they're like, do you know who this is? And he was like, oh my God, she told me she was meeting Alexander Pashushkin. 
So from that, they were able to arrest Alexander on June 16, 2006. Oh, good. Upon looking in his apartment, that's when they found the chessboard with the dates of the 62 out of the 64 squares covered with red Oh, my God, he was trying to get to 64, and he only got to 62. Yeah, he was two away from his goal. Even though they had 62 red X out dates, um, which marked 62 murders, they could only um, pin down 48 counts of murder and three counts of attempted murder to him. Okay. Because they probably couldn't find the other bodies or things like that. Or maybe yeah, they thought yeah, he was yeah. lying. That whatever. makes sense. Um, now, Alexander, he was pumped to talk about his murders. He brought the police to his murder locations. He told them how and graphic details. He was like the classic serial killer. He's like, oh, now yeah. I get to talk about it all. Yeah. Yeah, I took this vodka bottle and wedged up the, what, put, put the vodka bottles in these people's eye sockets and then Jesus. afterwards hucked them into a sewer. He was proud of it. You know, they aired his confession on Russian television so people could oh. hear it. Um, now showing no remorse whatsoever, um, he even argued that he should be charged with more murders because, you know, they're only charging him with 48 yeah. murders. Um, he was claiming that he killed 62, and he said in quotes, I thought it would be unfair to forget the other 11 people, he said in the middle of his 2007 trial. Right. So in October of 2007, after a short trial during which he can he was confined to a glass box. Ooh, Isn't dramatic. Much like his murderous rival, Andrea Chikatilo, which I'll eventually do. Damn, dramatic. So in October 2007, after a short trial during which he was confined to a glass box, Damn. Just like his murder rival, um, Andrea Chikatilo, Alexander Petrushkin was convicted of 48 murders and three attempted murders. His total gave him a higher body count than Jeffrey Dahmer, Jack the Ripper, and Son the Sam combined. Whoa. He was given life in prison with the first 15 years being, sent in, being, being spent in solitary confinement. So the one thing Wait, I want to I want to leave say that this. again? So he was given life in prison with the first 15 years being spent in solitary confinement. 15 years. You're gone. You're done. You're like, you're not even a human anymore. So to finish off this segment, I'm going to leave you with a famous quote by Alexander Pishvu Vodka Pants. Oh, God. For me, life without murder is like life without food. I was the father of, the, I was the father of these people since it was I who opened the door to them to another world. Oh, what a bitch. Fuck him. Yeah. He's a fuckhead. Fuckface. Yeah. So, Corey, how's your sex life? <laughs> it's fun. I was going to say something at the beginning of the podcast, but then I was like, oh, no, we'll wait, and we'll talk about it later. You were talking about California. We were? Yeah. Damn it. I don't remember. I don't remember at all, but it was about California. Yeah? It was. I know that for a fact, because we were, like, in the middle of California talk. I'm, like, so wrong. We were, like, talking about, like, fucking bitches in New Zealand. I have no idea. Oh, sorry. You want to edit that out? I don't. I have no idea. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, Look at her. Um, I can't think of it. I said I think it was a movie thing because I was like, "Ooh, we watched Insidious 3 and I got spooked," and then it reminded me of another movie, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I was like, "Oh, I'll just talk about it later." It's Damn! Fine. Oh no! And I said about I was gonna go see Midsummer. Yeah. But hi, and try that. I don't remember. I can't remember. You're going to remember like as soon as we're done recording. this. Oh, like, I will. Oh my, oh, my God. I so will. Well, okay. While we try to think about it, how is the rest of your sex life going? Um. So last time we recorded was when? Was Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So Monday, I don't know what I did. We worked. Oh, you, you, rec- you did the podcast. 
I was training my new CS rep, Steven. So. Okay. Um, oh, edited a podcast. And then... You played D&D. We did play D&D. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happens? So, you know, you know, Cronut died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so Cronut died. And then um, it was fun. Um, we did things. We killed... Uh, they killed a demon lord. It was fun. Nice. Um, and then... It, they almost got in a really bad spot where I almost could have TPK'd, but we didn't do it. And I almost killed uh, Thylus, but I didn't do it. Oh, that was nice um, of you. Oh, well, yeah, because it was like this spell called Disintegrate, and I read it wrong, and I read that it was like... So I didn't read that wrong, but basically Disintegrate goes if you have, like, it deals X amount of damage, and if you have health less than that damage, and if you get reduced to zero, then... Like the kill. character's body disintegrates. <gasps> That's cool. And the only way that you can revive the character is through a true resurrection, which costs like 25,000 gold, or through a wish spell, which like I don't even allow that in the game. Yeah. And so, and it said that- That's cool. Yeah. So I looked up true resurrection- and it said that it's a necromancy spell because that's the school of magic it's in. But then it should also say like, hey, it is available to wizards and druids. You know, it'll say which class. Yeah. So when I read that it was a necromancy spell, in my mind, I just immediately interpreted wrong. I was like, oh, so it's only available to wizards. And I was like, oh, so that means that if I kill Thylus right now, which it literally would have just been like, it's this guy's turn. Thylus is dead. Because uh, he had like 40 HP. And I think the spell did like 40 it did like 6d8 plus 40 40 damage oh my god so i was like i don't want to just like that'd be so jaded to like spend two years on a character and then just Corey, you know the dm to be like hey it's this guy's turn he kills you you're i dead. would be such a bitchy dm though i would probably do it <laughs> well i want to play it and i think i think kai's gonna be a little bit more like, ruthless yeah. in that sense and i and i want that because i how i play dnd is a little bit too nice Okay. And I just, because I just like the story of it. And yeah. then also because all of y'all are like, if my character died, I might stop playing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess I won't kill a character. <laughs> but they, but I was like, it, I read it wrong because it, it is available to Druids, True Resurrection. Okay. So I was really sad because it would have been really cool because he would have just been like, like snapped his fingers sort of like Thanos and then just like literally Thylus would have disintegrated and they would have had to resurrect him later because it's a demon lord. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I'm sad I read it wrong because... It would have uh, been really, really It would have cool. been really... Because like Chris would have probably been a little mad. Yeah. He'd have been like, fuck, my character's dead. Uh, but then they would have been able to resurrect him. But I, I read it wrong. It was sad. Well, maybe next battle. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also... I forget what it was. It was really interesting, and I knew, like, I forget what it was about, but whatever. I'll think of it later. We'll remember later. We'll write it down. Yeah. Next time we're recording, we're going to be in California. Yeah. Yes, we're going to go to the Queen Mary, hopefully. Yes. We're going to spend about, we're going to do, like, a whole drunk podcast day, because we're going to do Patreon episodes there. Oh, yeah. Also going river rafting this Saturday again. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. That'd be so fun. Tyler will be able to come. We're just going to go for, like, the day and not spend the night. That'll be so fun. Yeah, I'm excited fun. for you guys. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm driving to California in two days. Yes. I'm excited. It's going to be a good week coming up. Uh-huh. S'mores and Simone are finally best friends. Every, well, not best friends. They're friends. They're, they're friends. They're, they sleep butt to butt. They fight over my cuddles still. But you Cute. know what? They eat next to they're each other. They're frenemies. 
They poop s'mores. Every time Simone goes in the litter box to poop, s'mores jumps on top of the litter box and sticks her head in the litter box to look at Simone. Simone's like, what the Because fuck? s'mores is like so obsessed with Simone. She's like, Jesus what are you doing? Sorry. How do I adult? Because like, s'mores is learning how to be a cat right now from Simone. Yes. So it's super duper cute. Cute. But yeah, the ha- everything is going pretty good. I have my cast off, everybody. I have everything <gasps> off. Yeah, free hands. Like, I can't move my pinky at all. I need physical therapy. But tomorrow I get to get my nails done. That's oh, huge for me. That's more important. <laughs> it's huge for me. Like, my Dr. Dave was like, yeah, you have the okay to get your nails done. Like, I almost teared <sighs> up. You're like, thank you, It's been 10 weeks, and, like, my nails are such a part of my identity because, like, I've been getting my nails done. It'll be 10 years so it's like nine years I've been getting my nails done. Damn. So it's like part of who I am. Yeah. So I'm just so fucking excited to finally get them done again because I'm like, I, I don't feel like me without them. It's so weird, but I feel like I'm missing a part of myself. Oh, whoa. Yeah. yeah it'd be like yeah. if you shaved your beard right now. Yeah. I'd be it, like, no. Yeah. It's like that same thing. <laughs> like you just feel like naked and weird. Yeah. Like my nails what? are your beard. Totally. Damn. So I'm, I'm stoked. Well, fun. Yeah. Sorry. I had like a really, I, I believe it was pretty interesting, but I totally forgot. I know. I'm so mad because we were like. It, it it was about, I think it was about like movies. I mean, I went and saw Quentin Tarantino. See, I thought it was about California. Ooh, sorry. I like, but I can't think of what I would be like. <gasps> like. Yeah, I can't think of that. Uh, like we're going to the beach. Which is, uh, it was just like, <gasps> moment. <laughs> I don't remember. God damn it. God damn us. Yeah. We just got to just say shit when we want to say shit. Yeah, I should have just said it because it was sort of interesting. I knew I'd forget it too. I'm like, whatever, cool. Was everything else good? Your sex life is good. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, have you had good sex this week? Did we? I don't know. I'm asking if you. Did we? No, not yet. Not this week yet. Mm. We just saw each other last night, but it was like really like we got back at 1 a.m. and then had to wake up at oh, 7. And I was yeah, like, I I'm fine. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay, so I can't fucking remember because you know molly because it's because <laughs> drugs because we did drugs in the past yeah no <laughs> no idea it's fine well i hope you guys will remind us through instagram yeah jesus christ it was whatever. it was it was semi not crazy interesting but it was like semi-interesting it could have changed your life we don't yeah, know maybe it could have yeah. maybe it could have maybe it could have inspired someone someone's like oh my god i know damn Corey, you are now not inspiring someone yeah i can't think it's shit fine. This it's is whatever. on heavy pressure. Well, we'll remember it in about 10 minutes after we're done recording. Oh, totally. Until then. Anyways. How's your sex life? Uh, bye, guys. See you next bye. week in California. Oh, yeah.